welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast discussing entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Nailed it that time. Yeah, Matt. Matt, what should people do? <laughs> like, subscribe, and tell a friend. My god, I don't know if that's gonna stay in the episode, but like, I had no idea how to start the intro. <laughs> oh, Matt, Very what good. you been up to? Uh, should we save Stranger Things for the end? Yeah, I think we should save Okay. That. Force people to listen to the rest of our mm-hmm. boring mundanities. Actually, um, I want to address a comment real quick. Yes, please do. Okay. Uh, we just got an email from our good old friend, Nick, who uh, I honestly didn't know he was still listening. I'm glad to know he's still listening. Yeah. Uh, glad you're here, Nick. Hey, Nick. It might be a while because we talked about what he's uh, is referring to. We talked about like a while ago, so it might be a while before he gets to this. Yep. Uh, but he said that it's, uh, he's sad to know that we're going to stop covering Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh because he likes hearing our stuff with that. Um, mm-hmm. Like, he gets it. I'm just going to mm-hmm. read. That's probably, yeah. The email. Yes, please. I'm so sad to hear y'all won't be covering Marvel stuff anymore. I mean, I get it, though. I agree that they've been putting out quantity without worrying about the quality, per se. But it will be, still be missed. You should at least cover the movies. The shows are hit or miss, really. Just thought I'd let you know. Thanks for the podcast. Love y'all. Uh, love you, too, Nick. Love you, too. Uh, thanks for listening and also feedback. That is a 33% feedback rate we got going on right now. Yep. One of our three listeners. One of them responded. (laughs) Uh, we're not going to stop covering Marvel. At least all together. Um, it's, we're going to pick and choose which Mm -hmm. ones we're excited about. So we'll definitely cover love and thunder. Mm -hmm. Um, that'll be in two weeks after we've seen it. Um, Probably the the uh, the Daredevil show, maybe when that comes out. Like, yeah. We'll, we'll pick and choose. We'll definitely yeah. cover stuff. We'll, we'll um, probably see a lot of the stuff eventually, but we're yeah. not making it a priority. It right. We're not going to go. We're going Thursday night. We're recording a review Thursday night. Exactly. And it's, we're graduating it was exhausting. Um, yeah. And also, like, kind of picking and choosing with Marvel gives us a little bit more opportunity to pick and choose some other movies that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, if the podcast starts making money, we can up that up a little bit to because yeah. the other thing is like being able to afford tickets. That's true. Because it's like fifteen dollars a ticket. Mm-hmm. Doing that once a, once a week basically is like would be a lot. Yeah. Um. So it's it's just a matter of finances and stuff. But we're not going to stop covering Marvel altogether. Uh. We'll pick and choose. We'll keep covering the bigger ones. But yeah, no, I'm glad to know that that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's feedback and we we take that feedback seriously so we will cover probably a little bit more marvel than we would have been before that email i'm gonna start watching ms marvel right now you're on your own <laughs> <laughs> uh i will not be watching ms marvel we will not be covering that one i might eventually let me know it. how it is I, I do need to see eternals i keep meaning to i am still gonna i'm maintaining my i will not watch it because i don't think it's important okay so matt so Preston, what you been up to some stuff actually some not stuff this not, time not a whole lot of stuff but one un- unusual and interesting thing did you play a video game yeah wait really yeah holy shit what'd you play uh hannah and i bought a switch <gasps> okay i want to guess uh we got two games two games uh okay i want to i'll let you determine i want to narrow it down because there's so many freaking games yeah how many questions do i get and what kind of questions i'll give you 10 yes or no questions Ten yes to or guess no questions. both of them. To guess both of them. Is, are either of them a simulation game? I don't know what that means. Uh, you kind of just like, it simulates like, like farming, trading, like kind of simulating like just life and economy and stuff. No. Stardew Valley, uh, um, Stardew, I think Stardew Valley is one, uh, Harvest Moon? No. 
What's the one with the Animal Crossing? Animal Crossing is a no. simulation game. Okay, so it's not they're not simulations. No. Uh, are they of Mario descent? Are mm-hmm. either of them of Mario descent? Yes. Is only one of them of Mario descent? Yes. Okay. Uh, I had to clarify that, so I don't start <laughs> guessing. Um, is it a? I'll start with the Mario one. Mm-hmm. Um, is it a Mario canon like story game? No. Is it Mario Kart? Yes. Okay. Five guesses to... to get the first one? No. Okay. I was like, oh god, <laughs> is it Mario? Six. Is That's it Mario six. one, Mario two, Mario three? Mario... <laughs> no, the uh, Mario Kart eight deluxe, the gotcha. just, uh, the Switch one. Um, is the other one? open world where you kind of wander around and do things uh you're not following like a linear yes zelda is an open world game okay yes okay is it a zelda game no oh shit what's another open world nintendo game is it a pokemon game yes oh god do i have to guess the kind of pokemon <laughs> game it is? Uh, i'm assuming probably the most recent releases no really oh shit what's a uh and it's exclusively like this is not a kind of a question it's exclusively a pokemon not a game that includes pokemon yeah okay making sure it wasn't smash um was me guessing if it was mario kart counting as a question or is that just a guess no that was a question oh shit so i've got one question left and it has to be a guess he said it's not the most recent release it is not the most recent release i guess i should have asked if it was a canon mario game or canon pokemon game shit you should have uh what is a pokemon game that's not canon or that's not the like i guess uh, is it what are the is it uh, i don't actually know the more recent ones like sword and Sword shield? and shield i think is the most recent pair is it like what's the pair is it sun and moon is that the pair before sword and shield uh, i believe that is the pair before sword and shield it is not sun and moon damn it okay uh it is brilliant diamond brilliant oh is that for like pearl and diamond yeah oh. they just redid the, it for the switch gotcha basically. so you got pokemon and mario kart yeah mario kart i get but pokemon you'll get like a that's a video game yeah that's like a proper video game with like progression and like yeah stuff like that cool yeah. what do you think uh yeah we've been playing both of them a little bit um i've mostly been playing pokemon and then we've been playing mario kart together mm-hmm. um mario kart's fun um we realized at the end of our last session that we have the like auto steer setting on, so you can't fall off the edge, and oh. you can't. It'll, it'll like kind of guide you if you're about to run into something. Gotcha. And so we we're like, this is kind of easy. Like, I'm taking it easy on us. <laughs> Turn it off, and so you gonna, immediately went off the road. <laughs> we're gonna try switching that off probably today. Gotcha. Um, see how that goes. Um, yeah. But it's it's fun. Uh, yeah. Drive around and throw shells at people. It's a good nice. time. Um, yeah, Pokemon. So Brilliant Diamond. Diamond originally came out in 2006, and this is just a reskinning or reversion of that. For... Is that Gen 4? I don't know. Uh, Gen 3 is uh, Ruby Sapphire. I, th- I guess. think so. Yeah, Pearl, because that would have been 2001 or 2. Doesn't matter. Doesn't anyway, really matter that much. Yeah. So my previous experiment. Mm-hmm. My previous experience with Pokemon was uh, I had Fire Red for Game Boy. Okay. Um, and I played that one till it burst into flames until it became a fire red. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I collected the cards till I was about seven and then gotcha. sold them all and got into Yu-Gi-Oh. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. 
I tell you the story about my sister burning or not burning, selling my Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. Um, my entire life, my entire interests of my life has always, has always been, have always been three years ahead of all my friends because my sister always just like tells me to stop being interested in things when yep. she is. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So I am pretty familiar with Pokemon up through like 2002. <laughs> right. Um, and so I figured jumping in on Brilliant Diamond, I'll still have a lot of the same old mechanics and old Pokemon I still remember, mm-hmm. um, and I'll get some of that nostalgia, but then I'll also get to explore some new realms and right. see some new people. And do That's some actually stuff. good, because I'm assuming you kind of looked into the recent ones and how much different they are, like... Not really, the- I just, I knew that oh, that wasn't what I wanted to do. The new ones are, like, so much different. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same, like core of like catching pokemon and mm-hmm. training and gyms and stuff having like that. illicit dog fights for money with strangers in the exactly street. yeah um yeah the new ones are like much different it would have been like kind of a culture shock for you if mm-hmm. you had just gone for like the new one so it's actually good that's a good one to start with so yeah choice. yeah there's a there's a few things that are new and kind of exciting that i'm kind of exploring a little bit but yeah, yeah mostly it's kind of the the same old um so i got through the first two gyms or so nice. um over the first couple weeks here um, kind of exploring. Um, it does feel a little more handholdy than right. I remember Fire Red being, which is a little frustrating. Such as, um, so two examples. Uh, at the very beginning, you know, you pick your starter. Yeah. Um, and in the old games, you just grab a Pokeball out of the box. You don't know what you're getting. Oh, really? This one, they tell you. You you go over. They do it that in Gen Three, though. Okay. I started that. Like they'll. Are you sure that happens in Fire Red? I've played Fire Red, and I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain I'd... I, I knew which one I was getting because I had my friend in the room, and he's like, "Yeah, if you pick this one, you'll get Charmander." I'm not gonna debate this because I'm not entirely certain, but I like vaguely remember that like you can click one, and it'll tell you what it is, and you can say you don't want it. Mm. So maybe like you were young enough that like that, that like, might have been because that's happened to me so many times. Mm-hmm. Where like I do with I like play a game that I haven't played in freaking decades, yep. and I'm like. Wait, I could have chosen not to? <laughs> oh my god, this stopped me from playing the game! <laughs> so, uh. yeah, that, I think that's something that's not new. Okay. Or it was new with Gen 3, and mm-hmm. if it was like that in Gen 2, then I totally understand. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the big one that stuck out to me is, so, um... You go, you go to the first town and you train up your Pokemon a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and the first gym's pretty easy if you got the the grass or the water type. Yep. Because um, it's always the rock guy. Yep. Um, and then there, there's a forest that's between um, the first town and the second town. Mm-hmm. Um, or the first gym and the second gym. Um, All the games are like the same. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot of the same structure. Um, but I mean, that's part of the fun. It's yeah. the nostalgia. Um, yeah. And... You, they spend a lot of time really hyping up this forest to like, okay, this is really dangerous. Don't right. go in here. And there's like planting potions around and yeah. paralyze heels and stuff. And you're like, okay, this is kind of dangerous. And people are like, oh, I hope your Pokemon are strong enough. You don't want to go into the forest. And then you set foot in the forest and a stranger walks up to you and is like, hey, can I come through the forest with you? I'll heal you all the time. Just constantly, huh. constantly healing you. And I'm like, interesting. Okay. I, I can't refuse you. <laughs> yeah. And there's not like a difficulty setting or anything. No. Yeah. Like I kind of figured. Yeah. Huh. Um, the battles feel a little easier. Like, I, I don't think I've legitimately felt in any danger yet. 
you're probably also smarter now. It, yeah, it makes a difference. Yeah. You're more um, strategic about things. Like, do you actually, like, look into the top-level stats at all? A little bit. Because there's, like... I mean, yeah, you can get really into them. This is something yeah. I feel like I would have a problem with. That if, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm, like, kind of resisting going back to Pokemon because I know of this stuff now. And I will go straight up, like, very statistics on things. Mm-hmm. Um, like, literally the... Oh, when did I do that? I think I was playing Ruby Red... Ruby Red, Ruby or Sapphire. And I went through every time I found the chart of types mm-hmm. and what is uh, vulnerable and um, vulnerable, uh, resist, uh, resistant mm-hmm. to and vulnerable to. Uh, oh, also, um, the game tells you which attacks are going to be effective or not effective. Um, well, it kind of does that in the other games. It probably is probably just it probably like just highlights it but like each poke each move will tell you in at least in gen 3 mm-hmm. what type of move it is yeah so as long as you understand like what the other Pokemon this one just is. straight up tells you gotcha well that's kind of stupid it well it so it only happens once you've um encountered a pokemon before it's like it's added to your pokedex so gotcha. like, it kind of makes guess, sense yeah but it's it, it, again it's just it's a there's a bunch of little things like that yeah. and i'm like this feels a little easier than it needs to be yeah i totally get that um i went through with like all those things and i <laughs> i straight up did uh linear algebra <laughs> a, a derivation of linear algebra to find out the most efficient combination of six pokemon types uh and then chose which pokemon i was going to get and then like i had the temporary ones but mm-hmm. then like when i found those like these this is my team mm-hmm. and like so like i had this pokemon was good against like these types like yep. every kind of pokemon was covered yep and i played for maybe like 6 days <laughs> cuz i get distracted very easily and forget yeah. but uh yeah no i get i get way too into it and now like the statistics now that i know all those things and stuff but yeah um so what do you like about the game um i mean for one thing the nostalgia is great yeah just like um you know i was running through the grass and a wild ponita showed up and i was like oh i didn't know that one was gonna be in here oh that's so fun i'm gonna catch it i'm gonna hurt it very badly and then trap it in a tiny enclosed (laughs) space (laughs) yeah Um, don't think about pokemon too much (laughs) yeah no um yeah no i like the just kind of the positivity of the world you know you go around you talk to people and they're like oh pokemon are so wonderful aren't they really nice they're really good with kids. If a kid takes a nap, Pokemon will take a nap right next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just fun stuff like that. Um, there's not a... brutally murder another one. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> there's a there's a cool mechanic in this one um, where there's like a little park in one of the cities where you can go and you can take a Pokemon out of a Pokeball and walk it around with mm-hmm. you. And if it if it's happy enough and it likes you, it'll just follow you around out of the Pokeball just out into the world. Like Pikachu. Yeah. In the show. Yeah. Cool. Um, you can just do that and you can like you can turn around and interact with it and it'll tell you what it's doing and it's like it's playing with a vine it's happy it's jumping for joy <laughs> vine like, isn't is it doesn't exist anymore it's nice it's playing with a tiktok anyway that came out when 2006 uh yeah the original diamond okay vine yeah. wasn't a thing yet nope um <laughs> youtube was barely in its infancy that's true uh that tells you something um yeah no and i mean pokemon's just even when it's easy it's an enjoyable game to just walk around the world and collect all the different things and do all the different it's it's just it's a massive world with a Mm. lot of things to do a lot of um little fun ways to to 
keep it engaging. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I I'm definitely think that you're an open world kind of person. I'll get you a list of games you should play. No. Yeah. You should do Zelda. Now that you've got that is that is on our list. Good. Yeah. Breath um, of the Wild is like apparently fantastic. That's that's what we hear. Yeah. I'm so. excited to play, hear you playing Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I'm very close to getting a Switch myself because like that's mm-hmm. the best way to get Kalen to at least be like uh, we play, we started playing um, Overcooked, which okay. I don't know if you know what that is. I don't. It's a uh, you have like you're you have to cook things and put them out and like it's like you have to mm-hmm. uh, pick up a uh onion chop it and then put it in a uh um pot to become soup and then deliver and you have to do mm-hmm. a bunch of different recipes and stuff and it's like a teamwork thing but like all the all the levels move and everything and so right. like you it kind of does that and it's uh pretty stressful um if i wasn't a very very patient person with kaylin during playing video games mm-hmm. i would probably be getting very mad at her <laughs> but like she's like uh <laughs> she's doing something very slow or like do, not doing it very, very well and i'm just like just wait for the bowl just wait for the bowl come on <laughs> um but no she's uh she says she's like eh, it's not bad it giving it's giving a lot of nintendo vibes and so i'm like yep i gotta get her a nintendo like, yep so yeah don't do it hannah beats me at mario kart and then rubs it in my face kaylin is very competitive so she will definitely do that and i'm fine with that mm-hmm. i'm not very competitive so like i guess the problem is like when i win she gets mad uh yeah but she doesn't get like mad at me Unless I did anything, like, I, we can't do Mario Kart, because if I freaking blue shell her, she will probably divorce me. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. I forgot to mention, there's a little cooking uh, mini game in Pokemon. Oh, nice. Um, you mix berries together and make a little food for your Pokemon. Um, Does it and, give them stats? Uh, no, but it affects their happiness. Oh, gotcha. Um, and I, I had my first attempt at that today. Um, and, uh... I did very badly. <laughs> the mechanic is you have to like stir it with the, oh. the little thing. And I don't have the dexterity for that. Cause I'm not <laughs> a gamer. And so I was like, and so it burned and I ended up with a, a foul poffin. Oh no. <laughs> Fortunately, I think I have a Pokemon that'll just eat anything. So nice. I can just offload that to him. It'll be fine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's a, it's a good time. I'm enjoying it. It's a good little, you know, I get home and I have half an hour before I have to go do something else. Mm-hmm. And I kill a little time there. Nice. It's good. I like it. Yeah. Um, speaking of more serious games, I played the state chess championship. How'd you, how'd you do? Not great. Oh, no. Tied for third. Oh. Um, did you make money for it? For tying for third? Uh, got 40 bucks. Nice. Which almost offset the entry fee. Yeah. Not okay. to mention the hotel, gas, tolls, and food. Net positive, right? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, lost rating points, but not, oh, a, not, no. a, not a whole lot. Lost seven. Oh. So, um, so it was a rough, mostly, rough mostly weekend. Started. Yeah, um, I had three students play and they all did well, so I'm excited Good. about that. Um, but yeah, I uh, so I I came out of it and thought I had played pretty badly, mm-hmm. um, and then I went back and I checked the games with the computer, and I didn't. I played quite well, in fact, but I had three mistakes in critical moments that gotcha. I think are all kind of tied to the same underlying problem. Mm. Um, what is that problem? Calculation. So. Like you um, overcalculate or you're not calculating enough? Not calculating very effectively. Gotcha. Um, so, for example, um, my third game was the one game I lost. Um, and in that game, uh, it was a very complicated position out of the opening. Um, and I made a couple of decisions that I 
thought, okay, I think I know where this is going. I think I've got this under control. And my opponent played kind of an unexpected move. And I stopped and thought for probably about 15 minutes trying to figure out a good response, which is like a normal length of time for a critical moment mm-hmm. like that. Um, the problem is I spent about 12 of those minutes calculating moves that didn't make much sense. And the move that I ended up playing didn't occur to me until after about 12 minutes. Mm. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is this solves my problem. This is just a, a fine move. And I played it after a couple minutes. But you didn't calculate checking. that move further. No, I oh. I didn't it didn't occur to me quickly enough gotcha. so i wasted 12 minutes gotcha um just calculating the wrong thing and then um a few moves further down a little more calculation i was starting so it was to, still a good move it just took a lot of your time it, it took too much time to get gotcha. it because then i was starting to get kind of low on time at the next critical moment and i knew instinctively what the right decision was mm-hmm. but i calculated that there was a difficulty that I couldn't figure out how to solve mm-hmm. and I didn't have enough time to try to figure it out. So I was just, Oh, play this move. It's a little safer. I know it's worse. I know I'm just going to lose a pawn and not have a great position, but we'll just kind of hold it together and see what happens. And when I went back and checked, there was a solution with the move I instinctively knew was right. Mm-hmm. And it's a solution that I'm capable of finding. Um, but it probably would have taken another 10, 15 minutes to work through. And right. I didn't have that. Right. So, um, that was kind of the, the big mistake there. Um, and then later in that game, I missed a chance to draw because I had about 30 seconds on my clock. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have time to think gotcha. through everything. And so I just, I made the wrong move. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then the third one was also, is a weird situation where I had only a king and a rook left and my opponent had only a king and a knight, mm-hmm. which is ordinarily just a dead draw. There's nothing that can be done. But my opponent messed up and separated his knight from the king. Oh. Which means you can trap it somewhere out in the open board nice and i knew that and i almost worked it out to being trapped and i didn't have enough time to finish figure it out and i let it slip and i let the knight get back with the king and then it was just a draw so that was it really just three how do you you work on that calculation issue yeah um so there's a couple things you can do to drill it um you can do puzzles like harder puzzles are really good because they force you to sit down and calculate deeply and consider a lot of different possibilities um end game studies are really good um where it's not just like oh here's a position that happened in xyz game in Mm -hmm. 1935 or whatever figure out the best response it's some constructed position where it's kind of artificial Mm -hmm. and there's some unique solution some kind of creative solution um, and that takes you out of your pattern recognition because chess basically boils down to memorizing a bunch of ideas, recognizing a bunch of patterns, and then calculating. Gotcha. So if you want to strip away the two of those and just calculate, mm-hmm. come up with an artificial position where you can't trip your own right. pattern recognition or memory skills and try to brute force calculate through right. some different variations. So I've been doing a little bit of that. I haven't had a lot of time. It's a okay. busy month for me, but yeah. that's the... That's the focus right now. Nice. So um, that was nerdy and esoteric and scared away the four or five listeners that have come from TikTok. So hey man, I was, sorry. <laughs> I was paying attention. I've, I've made mostly sense to me. Like, yeah, you were mm-hmm, all the way through it. I, I mean, I was like kind of what I was whenever you talk about chess. I basically strip away the aesthetic of the chess mm-hmm. and think more about like and I'm kind of more focused on the. The problem solving of it mm-hmm. so like you did something wrong and i asked what caused that mm-hmm. um and then you gave me the answer and i asked how do you address it mm-hmm. 
that conversation could have been had about literally any skill. That's fair. And so I That's care fair. more about like the skill and like how mm-hmm. like your approach and stuff like that rather than like what a rook does. <laughs> um <laughs> And so there you go for any listeners, like anytime Matt starts talking about chess, that's how I approach it. It'll help you to actually mm-hmm. be a little more engaged in those conversations. Yeah. Don't get too wrapped up in the chess part of it and more of the like yep. learning a skill and a talent and stuff. Yep. So unless you're a chess fan, in which unless case, you're a chess fan, then yeah. challenge me to a game. Yeah, do it. Mr. Matt 96 on chess.com. Mr. Matt 96. Yep. My first ever chess student called me Mr. Matt and still calls me Mr. Matt. Nice. And I was like, this is delightful. This is me forever now. <laughs> <laughs> That's my, I, when I set my name in, in Pokemon, you know, oh, Mr. Name, Matt. I, I made it Mr. Matt. Is that going to be your username for everything? <laughs> no, but oh, okay. for certain things. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, Nothing else that's not Stranger Things or that I have finished and can therefore talk about coherently. Copy that. Uh, so just like last time, had I finished Uncharted 4 last time and I talked about it, I don't think I had. You had started talking about Uncharted. I I can't tell them apart. I finished Uncharted 4. Hooray! Um and so all, all the all the series and then I played all of the new Tomb Raider games, like all three of the new Tomb Raider games. Okay. Um and those two are very similar in a lot of ways basically it's like if if anyone ever plays one and they want to know what another game is it like Mm -hmm. that's like it it's the other one like they're very similar okay and so the thing is the the big difference is that tomb raider is more open world Mm -hmm. uh and has skills and like it's it's an open world game Mm -hmm. uh survival game when um uh uncharted is more of just the action adventure Mm -hmm. puzzle solving all the story kind of thing yeah um but instead of like reviewing the two of them, uh, just trying to like do it in a vacuum of each of them, what I mm-hmm. want to do is compare the two of them by a bunch of metrics and talk about why I liked one okay. or the other. All right. Sounds um, good. I will settle in for a nice winter nap. Nice. Uh, so the story, like the actual plot of everything, uh, I think I like Uncharted better. Okay. Uh, it is why? widely praised for its writing and it also... They, I don't know if it's revolutionized, but they very effectively use mocap. And mm-hmm. so the people, like what you're seeing on the screen is actually just like straight up an animated version of the people doing the actions in like a green set mm-hmm. with dots on their face. And so like all the, like the fine cool. facial emotions and everything are also compelling, but also the story is really good. What is the story? Um, So it's basically, they're all, it's all kind of just unique things. So he, uh, Nathan Drake is a, uh, uh, treasure hunting thief uh so he tends to steal from museums uh and like and chases these like mythical treasures like you know um the el El dorado Mm -hmm. the did you almost just say el dildo el i was trying to figure out what the dull part was (laughs) so kind of um that kind of stuff and so he's got like all these things and he dives in uh the story of each one basically goes he goes to a place where the puzzle or where the uh He's told that the thing is, but it gives him another clue. Then he goes to another place and that kind of stuff. Um, meanwhile, almost exclusively this happened like, across the board of all, including Lara Croft, uh, is there is another more, uh, a, another organization with guns and better resources mm-hmm. cha- going for the same thing. And so uh, the, the issue with that, approach 
because it does it with all seven games basically i mm-hmm. think with the exception of one which is kind of close um it's there are three ways that it does it that they keep up either they already know that it's there uh like they, they know of location so mm-hmm. when you get to location they're already there uh two is they followed you there mm-hmm. uh or and or you led them there mm-hmm. uh for sure. some reason uh or three they stole something from you that they then like after you worked out where the next location is they uh, show up steal the item and then they work out the location on their own so then again they're there before okay. and it's basically the same three patterns it's like there's kind yeah. of like a hub location like you go to that new tomb or dungeon and you delve and solve the puzzle then cutscene happens with other miscellaneous gun-toting resourced organization mm-hmm. uh whatever and then it's just kind of, it kind of it's repeat like rinse and repeat to so the indiana jones franchise yeah it's it's very similar to that kind of thing yeah um and so it got it gets a little dry when you play all of them very quickly and it's the same kind of thing and so you kind of have to ignore that aspect and be more focused on who is the organization what is their relationship with the player uh what are their methods what are their means or their uh their um their goals with Mm -hmm. this thing and stuff like that. And that's when you get a little bit more of a compelling story because some of them are different. Some of them are just like the greedy. I want money rich. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's also uh, even the, the protagonist, their reasoning for it changes too. Um, So Nathan Drake in basically one through three, it's, I just want to get this thing. It's money. Mm -hmm. Um, Valid. I think. I, 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 it's been a while since I played one through three, so I'm not entirely certain. I think one of them may include uh, he's being threatened to find it. Sure. Or uh, one that's used a few times is he went to find, they're going to, the protagonist is going to find it, find out that the item that they're looking for is actually massively powerful mm-hmm. and like, and like the key to eternal life or whatever. And so they think that the world shouldn't have it, but now the enemy is going for it and they need to get it before them. So and Indiana so that's Jones franchise? probably I haven't <laughs> seen them in a while. So like I, I couldn't, but probably if that's one of the things, then yes. The uh, and so Holy that's Grail, done, which literally grants eternal life is one of the, yeah. And so that's <laughs> done. I think about like twice in uncharted once in, uh, in, you know, the tomb Raider. There we go. Um, <laughs> what was that? You know, I just, you know, just trying you know, to think you've of been watching too much TikTok and now you're like <laughs> doing TikTok dance moves. Yeah. Uh, Brief aside, I was mm-hmm. teaching a chess camp a couple weeks ago, um, and it was just at a school, so there are a bunch of different camps going on, and one of them let out a half hour early or something on the last day, and so there were a bunch of like nine-year-old girls trying to choreograph a TikTok dance oh, out in the God. hallway the whole time we were trying to <laughs> play chess, and it was it was kind of awful. <laughs> That's terrible. TikTok is the worst. We're on it. Um, Uncharted just 4 uh, is more of a... Uh, so Nathan Drake's brother shows up oh, who you didn't know Drake you had a brother. Nake. Yes. Uh, shows up and uh, which you didn't know. So you learned a lot of his backstory, like mm-hmm. three and four do a lot to kind of like play backstory of like what, where he came from. Mm-hmm. And four is very much like that. And it is a phenomenal game. Okay. Um, honestly, I would say tomb Raider one through three, like tomb Raider has a better story, I guess to me than uncharted one through three. But just how good Uncharted 4 is completely, like, overtakes Tomb Raider. Um, nice. And that's more of... Uh, so he, like, before 4, he and his love interest are married, and they agreed that he's not going to do the thieving anymore because it's mm-hmm. really dangerous. He, everyone he kind of keeps running across people with guns. Sure. Uh, Didn't he get eternal life, though, from one of those 
massive no they destroyed it oh and it usually ends up in that kind of thing like they destroy it or whatever uh so like the last thing is like you're running away from an entire hidden city being completely destroyed apocalyptic level Mm -hmm. um and you have to ignore the fact that uh planes and helicopters definitely have flown over these hidden cities (laughs) and and not seen them oh yeah um they don't have a wakanda shield going on um but it's basically his brother shows up in uncharted 4 his brother shows up and is like hey uh, this thing, this one thing that we were going to go find when we were kids and before we went to prison, backstory, whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, I just got out of prison, but in prison I had a cellmate who's like a really powerful, like, mafia leader, or, uh, the cartel leader, and he wants it, and now I'm, my life is on the line, I have six months to find it, or six weeks to find it, mm-hmm. I need your help. Okay. And so he, like, pulls him back into the game, it's for his brother. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Exactly. Just because we're talking mafia. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how that progresses because if you ever have a chance, I think you would enjoy Uncharted because it's simple enough and the story is compelling enough. That, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but for players who haven't played Uncharted or listeners who haven't played Uncharted, 4 develops really well and the story is really compelling. So the story of Uncharted is really good. Uh, with Tomb Raider, it's more of a... Uh, so it's called the Survival Trilogy. Mm-hmm. So Lara Croft Tomb Raider has been a game since like 1996. Yep. Uh, in 2013... 2018 no 2013 2016 and 2019 they released new reboot games okay uh called the survivor trilogy um and it is more about an origin story of her kind of like the first one is she just she's just a historian Mm -hmm. and lands on an island that is keeping people there and she has to figure out how to get off of it and there's like a cult that lives on the island Uh. and she's fighting them to find a way to get off the island uh the second one is uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, where it is... Oh, think about it. Who's the enemy? Oh, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, actually, the enemy is, like, the same organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's... They have four... Uh, Uncharted 4 and Rise of the Tomb Raider uh, both have a pair of villains, like the people who are in charge of these organizations mm-hmm. with really interesting dynamics. Okay. Like one per, like basically an uncharted, uh, there's the one guy who is like, uh, the treasure hunter. He's supposed to be the good one. And the other person is like the one with, who's the military person. They're in charge of the organization mm-hmm. and the guy with, and she's having this other guy help her find everything. But this other guy is not nearly as good as Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. And so basically there's this dynamic of like jealousy that Nathan Drake is really good at this. And they're kind of like using him, uh to do it uh and there's like a conversation between the two of them where she the one who's the military uh leader is like you don't want to kill him because you know you need him and like that like and that you can like just how that play at, plays out is like really awesome um and with tomb raider it's uh the whole story is very much about her kind of coming into her own and becoming more comfortable and capable as the tomb raider sure um the first one like she kills a person at the beginning and she is like in shock for like half the game about it Mm -hmm. uh and then by the third game uh i'll actually skip to this part there's uh i have a thing called a wow moments where like Mm because both of these are like you get to these grand uh like hidden cities and these uh, ancient artifacts and things and they like go for these like impact moments and this actually the I'm giving it to Tomb Raider on the wow moment because of specifically one moment where she like she is contacted by the enemy told that her best friend is dead and she's like 
I am going to kill you. Like th- there's mm. just like, it's not about the, the tomb anymore. Or the, like yeah. the prize. It's about her best friend and getting revenge. And just like the moment like that happens and then fo- what follows up, uh, is she like, there's an oil field or a oil refinery exploding around her and she falls into like a lake mm-hmm. and, uh, she's like passing out in it and it plays a whole bunch of like the audio from like all across the games of like her best friend and the guy and like parts of her family and things like that. And like, just like kind of the montage of what she's doing this for, like what all this is about. Flashing before her eyes. Yeah. And like, she opens her eyes and then it's, it's a, it's nighttime. It's a lake. And then it is like behind her is just burning oil on the lake. And she just slowly rises out of the, like walks out of the water and you have to play this game with a subwoofer because that shit shook my feelings. Like it was just this boom sound of her just rising up and just mowing down a bunch of these goons. And it was just, I got chills watching that moment. And it was just like, like, cause that was the birth of the Tomb Raider. That was mm-hmm. like Lara Croft is officially the most badass female protagonist like <laughs> in all of video games arguably but you play those three games and she is just insanely powerful and it's it's done so well i feel like it had to have been written by females because it, it does nothing to make it like there's no sexual part of it like uh oh i was disappointed you can't pick up little boob berries to <laughs> increase your cup size <laughs> like it's it is just she they you can strip away the um Ooh, what strip away shut up you can strip away <laughs> the character models of it and just mm-hmm. be an entity and it is just a powerful character okay um good and good it's stuff. just it's i i love that the tomb raider games are now like collectively in my top five franchises wow uh it is just amazing uh i would say there are there are flaws with them there are things that i wish i could have more of from them um but like it does so much that i enjoy mm-hmm. and is tells such a compelling story that like any one of those games is probably very close to my top five games mm-hmm. but like collectively top five franchise like it's absolutely amazing i recommend it to anyone who's like uh who enjoys good thing so i gotta continue i kind of ended on my conclusion too early i have like six other categories uh (laughs) graphics tomb raider and uncharted one through three are pretty comparable Mm -hmm. um tomb raider came out a little bit later so it's got a little bit better graphics sure um but uncharted 4 takes this one just because the graphics are just like absolutely amazing Mm um puzzles so both of them have tombs where you do puzzles good uh Tomb Raider, uh, so just Tomb Raider, is definitely bottom of the list. It, um, the puzzles are very much very small and short. Mm-hmm. Like it's a you have to get up there, and it's just like placing items on like a weighted platform or yeah. something to get up there. And it's very small, and all the tombs are kind of boring. Sure, but like if you look at the Wikipedia pages of the Rise and Shadow. Both of them say they focused more on bigger and more complicated puzzles. And with and with Shadow of the Tomb Raider, you can actually increase and decrease difficulty of combat, exploration, and puzzles. Ah, separately. delightful. And I wish so, they had that feature in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond. Yeah, uh, I, that would be great. Uh, I, I, lo- I made puzzles the hardest difficulty mm-hmm. uh, and then made the other two uh, just the medium. 
uh, because I want the challenge. Yep. And boy, is it challenging. Because what happens in so in Tomb Raider, you have something called survival instincts, which is kind of like you've played Assassin's Creed a little bit. You remember Eagle Vision, where you like ever the whole world goes dark, but it highlights certain elements that are important. Yeah. Uh, so it does that. It, that's what survival instinct does is it highlights like enemies and movable objects and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you have puzzles set to the hardest thing, uh, when you enter a puzzle area, it deactivates your survival instinct. Ah. So you can't find the things that move. So you have to be able to like move around and do stuff. And I got stuck nice. so many times, but it was so much more satisfying to oh, like yeah. figure it out. Um, and then with uncharted, so with Tomb Raider, it's more of just like she kind of tells you like she uh, the the puzzles are more everything's in the world and you look around and you piece it together mm-hmm. uh, with Uncharted. You pick up clues to puzzles as you go, like not like if you you can't miss any like he does it like mm-hmm. you go into a room and he scribbles it into his uh his notebook so you have to look at the notebook and find the right page and so that's a little bit more of like a um you have to be smart about and or like know what to look for right in that uh in the whole notebook and so i think i'm going to give it to uncharted okay. um just because of that aspect of the story or mm-hmm. the puzzle solving but um definitely uncharted 4 and tomb raider uh or shadow of the tomb raider are very close in how much i like their puzzles okay um combat they both suck. I, I'm not in these games for combat. I would yeah, make I it. I wouldn't as, imagine they're built for it. I'd make it as easy as possible, just so like one pistol shot to the abdomen kills an enemy. Like I don't mm-hmm. really care. Just like in real life. Yeah. Um. I will say Tomb Raider takes this with flying colors because the ste- it's designed more for stealth, which uh, is my personal preference. You're a sneaky boy. I'm a sneaky boy, and so like that's kind of what um the like so you have a bow that you can do silent kills with. You there's mm-hmm. more like you can hide um, in vegetation on walls. You can mm-hmm. cover yourself in mud to like hide like in dark areas and stuff like that. So it's a lot more designed to stealth, and so combat the combat encounters uh it's a lot easier to get away with not doing murder everybody mm-hmm. you can do stealth in uncharted it is not nearly as easy yeah. it always ends up like i kill two people they find the body and then it goes into an all-out brawl and like yeah. it doesn't matter uh so tomb raider takes combat cool um exploring and or flavor text do you know what flavor text is we talked about this a couple weeks ago it's like little books in skyrim yeah exactly so exploring i feel like you've flavor asked me text. that question six or seven times throughout <laughs> the course of the last podcast probably your podcast um I Uncharted is very much uh it's not necessary. There's not really exploration. It's pretty linear. Um mm-hmm. and the flavor text items, you pick up little artifacts that are like they're like blink on the ground and you go pick it up and it's mm-hmm. just like, ah, a cool thing. So it's really not good. This goes with absolute certainty to Tomb Raider, mm-hmm. where uh one, it's open world, so there's definitely more to explore. The tombs yeah. aren't required. Unless mm-hmm. it's like the main story tombs. There's a lot of tombs that are optional. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get, so those are like exploring. You get st- stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is, and the flavor text and stuff. Um, there's a lot of collectibles in uh, Tomb Raider. And it can feel like it's just the nonsense collectibles. Like kind of the problem that uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag has where it's just, there are just, hundreds of chests to go loot there's one on this tiny little island and you have to sail your boat all the way over there get off swim over to the island get the one chest swim back get on the boat like it's a lot of hassle and like people uh criticize it for it yeah but that's how real life works you know you got to put in the work if you want to get those pirate chests 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, like, if you're a completionist, it can feel daunting. But the thing that I really like about the Uncharted or about uh, Tomb Raider is that uh, the flavor text all has to do with the story. Mm-hmm. So as you're progressing, like, let's say, so the cult, uh, the very the first one, you you can pick up journal entries from the cult leader and you learn about his backstory of how he got on the island first, what he discovered, things he's like, how he uh, came to power. Very good. Uh, and you get little bits of stories of just like a person who is a member of the cult and what happened with them. Like uh, it fills in the world a lot more and it's all relevant to specifically the story. Um, and so I definitely enjoyed it a lot more. I actually like it wasn't about getting the collections, like the mm-hmm. like collecting it all. It was about like learning more. Like there would be a few. Um, uh, so part of the first story is that's the Sun Queen, uh, and it's the cult of the Sun Queen, and the Sun uh. Queen is the one that like you learn about why the Sun Queen slash the island is keeping people there. Like they try to escape, and then a storm hits them, and then they knock down, like knocks uh. them down, and so like it's keeping them there. And you learn you think about the Sun Queen wouldn't be the one causing storms. Look, man. I don't know. Video games are <laughs> uh, and so you learn about the most recent Sun Queen and her uh, basically like the Sun Queen is like the power gets passed to a new uh, host mm-hmm. and you get the journal entries of the girl who is chosen to be the next Sun Queen and kind of how she grew up and stuff. And it was like mm-hmm. and so like stuff like that. It's all like relevant and compelling. And I okay. really enjoyed a lot like of it. it. Uh, and so I actually sought out those things to learn the stories behind it. Fun. Um the wow moments I already talked about, and then the mechanic, uh, the mechanics of it, like the how it's actually like climbing and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I would probably give it more to Uncharted, mostly because of the simplicity. There's much less of the mechanics that they needed to get right, mm-hmm. and so they could spend more time polishing the climbing and the uh, the stealth, like not really the stealthing, but like the the climbing and the moving and sure. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more mechanics to Tomb Raider, and so there's a little bit more rooms for bugs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, um, with Uncharted, if you're hanging on a ledge and there's a thing you can jump to, uh, if you hold the analog stick, like you kind of like try to lean in that direction, he'll mm-hmm. reach out, and you know that if he's reaching out, he will grab on something mm-hmm. but with tomb raider she'll reach out regardless uh, and so you'll like try to go over and be like i think i'm gonna do it and then you jump and you jump into an abyss uh, and so there's just like tiny things like that that kind of drove me nuts but like uh it's the uh feedback and confirmation of mechanics that are really important with like video game design and yeah. stuff so i think with uh uncharted the game design and level design is a lot more polished than in tomb raider mm-hmm. just because there's so much more in tomb raider and it suffers because of that yeah um and so i'm giving it to that with uncharted but uh i think overall like i said i think tomb raider is definitely overall better mm-hmm. for me personally uh it does a lot more that i enjoy if uncharted was more open world and there were like skills and experience and stuff like that mm-hmm. which is just a thing that i enjoy i would put it higher okay um as of like objectivity of the quality of the games, honestly, I'd probably say Uncharted is better. Okay, um, it's just more polished. It knows exactly what it wants to do, and it accomplishes it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just enjoyed Tomb Raider a bit more. Okay, uh, but they are both freaking amazing, and I want everyone to play them if they haven't played them. They're so much fun. Okay, um, so they're absolutely amazing. So that's that's my Tomb Raider and Uncharted. All right, double rating. Good stuff. Um. And I started playing 
um, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's the robot dinosaur game. That's the robot dinosaur game. That's all I know about it. Um, I watched you play about three minutes of it, and you were panicking, but it looked I, like y'all had it under control. Yeah. Uh, I did not have it under control. I got very lucky. <laughs> um, I'll get into it more once I finish it, which I'll probably finish it by the time we record it. Uh, but it's definitely The Witcher meets Fallout. Okay. Which are two of my favorite games. Good. And so this very quickly became a favorite of my game, like uh, one of my favorite games. Uh, it's got a little bit of minor issues uh, that tend to suffer from. We talked about this before sci-fi where it's like, it's a future post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of like kind of this stuff that they have to like monologue exposition sure. and things like that. that um, another problem with Pokemon brilliant diamond, just as long as I'm thinking of it, mm-hmm. I miss the days when your tutorial was, here's the game boy instruction booklet just read through how oh, what yeah. you're looking for in the game and then you just start playing do you have a tutorial and, island in pokemon sort of mm-hmm. yeah there's i mean the first 15 minutes or so you're just kind of walking around and like yeah here's a map for you here's what a battle looks like yeah yeah, yeah tutorial island yeah. um yeah I, I i would say also with tomb raider it kind of suffers with tutorial island pretty badly mm-hmm. um for people who don't know what tutorial island is in open world games uh, where there's like a lot of things that you how things work uh, there is this kind of it's it's not really a trope it's more of just like a technique of introducing you to the game called yeah. tutorial island often a necessary evil often a necessarily evil where you are restricted to a small area of the map where they slowly introduce aspects to you and then when you're finished with your tutorial there is sometimes literally a gate or some uh like traveling to a new area like maybe a boat you get on a boat and it brings you to the proper open world or mm-hmm. things like that and you leave tutorial island sometimes it's literally an island it actually comes from the game the phrase comes from the game runescape where you start on something called tutorial island <laughs> uh the old runescape uh mm-hmm. before they bring you to the mainland uh some other games still have the island uh assassin's creed uh odyssey has makes sense an island that you are on uh, that you can go back to it's but it's not called tutorial Island, but it's mm-hmm. tutorial island yeah. uh, and so open world games tend to do that um and it does that there's a tutorial island with uh horizon zero dawn um but like so all the things that i've noticed uh so I, the reason i got horizon zero dawn is because i liked i wanted i was really into the puzzle solving of mm-hmm. dungeons and stuff like that and i looked up what other games are similar and that was one of the common comparisons that it has elements like that okay um when i started playing it and like kind of i like to read reviews and look at like kind of how the gameplay is before i play it it was like this is basically bethesda makes witcher and i'm like okay i'm down yeah uh and the first one is very well regarded like upper 80s lower 90s the second one is apparently so much better um it improves on a lot of the 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 faults that uh open world games tend to fall through Mm -hmm. or uh fall into the the traps that they fall into mm-hmm. uh such as side missions are just go find person or go collect things like that kind of stuff yeah witcher 3 is one of the best examples of doing side missions really well mm-hmm. where they are actually compelling stories and like you do investigation and they're like more thought out in advance yeah uh sometimes even like straight up from books like they like can mimic little plots of books and stuff mm-hmm. uh i um Remember, there was one that was basically uh, Sweeney Todd, I think. Oh, that's delightful. I don't know if that was Witcher or if it was one of the Assassin's Creed games, but like uh, 
there's so many there's so many things in Witcher though that are like it's totally just a story like a, a story you know yeah it's kind of um, fun and so i love those things yeah. and so there's apparently... a there's a hellboy story arc where it's just a little mermaid but hellboy's in there oh really yeah how do i not remember that did i read the short stories i don't know if i read the short uh, it's stories. not in the short stories it's in the main stuff it's in the second volume he oh. goes underwater for a while and hangs out with the mermaids huh it's just it's i don't remember that mermaid. i vaguely kind of remember it um but yeah so apparently horizon forbidden west is very is, is so much better and i'm excited to play it but it is a very new game uh within the last year so it's still expensive uh yeah um so i'm not gonna get it yet but you'll hear me more talk more about uh horizon zero dawn mm-hmm. next time i've got a lot already to talk about good um and so i'll have it more have more next time all right stranger things stranger things if you haven't seen stranger things yet stop listening yep we are Finishing off our talk on the last two episodes of season four, we're going to spoil everything and we're going to speculate wildly about upcoming stuff. Yep. It's going to be a good old time. So consider I've got yourself a good spoiler that's, warning. That's not a very hot take theory. It's something that they definitely hinted at very strongly and stuff. So we'll get to that in a second. But yeah. Okay. Stop, sounds good. Stop listening if you haven't seen all of Stranger Things. All right. And I know Gage has seen it. Gage had seen it when we were talking last time, so he didn't have to be all non-spoilery for him. Good. It was fine. All right. So. So. Where do you want to start? Uh, what do you think? What do you think about this season? And what do you think about having a season five? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think season four, I went over some of my big picture problems with mm-hmm. it last time, and I think those persisted through the last two episodes. I still think it was really satisfying and really enjoyable mm-hmm. um, and sort of a perfect end of second act moment at the end to set mm-hmm. us up for a big finale that'll come in season five. And I think everything is just right on trajectory for where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, I am overall very pleased. Yeah. Uh, I had some issues with pacing, especially in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, but I, uh, overall I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it didn't, feel like it dragged uh in terms of like it didn't feel like it needed it should have been a shorter episode like the right. last two should have been short episodes um I'll, I'll tell you when we um we paused the first episode about 20 minutes in to go get snacks or something mm-hmm. we we're like yes there's more than an hour of this one still left yeah. we we're excited for more content and then when the second one came up and we saw how long it was we we're like oh yeah yeah this is gonna be a good evening uh i do i i I feel like they were, they kind of uh, twist a lot of tropes on you where like uh, they start to set things up that traditionally saw uh, resolve in one manner and another or another that you are familiar with. And then uh-huh. it doesn't do that. It ends it. Uh, well, we're not, we're spoiling. Yeah. Uh, you, we all assumed that Max would be fine. Yeah. We assumed, but she armor. got crunched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the theory that is not really a theory, it's definitely this. Mm-hmm. They've talked so much about that Vecna consumes. Mm-hmm. And so Max has no soul. Yeah. Max is completely soulless in a coma. Uh, yeah. And I think season five is going to be finding her soul. Because mm. um, that was the whole thing with like Eleven. Like, where's Max? Like, she, she's not in there. Yeah. Uh, so I think they're going to talk about that beginning of episode five. Mm-hmm. And it's less about destroying Vecna and more about trying to get like, it'll be find Max first, then destroy Mac- Vecna. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what season five is going to be. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. What do you think about Vecna being out? Is he out? Because like, he he, may, he opened the portal. Yeah. So he's out. Are open. So monsters are coming through. But I don't think they are because it was like two weeks later, wasn't it? So 
here's the thing that I think. So it was admittedly a little confusing mm-hmm. the way they did the ending, but um, Max died. Yeah. And all they the gates open. Yep. And then Eleven magically resurrects her and they cut to two days later. Yep. And I think the assumption is once Max was alive, the gates closed back up because otherwise the news reports would be there's monsters the gates everywhere. of hell opened up yeah, and exactly. monsters emerged not earthquake and hawkins yeah. so i think when they open up at the very end it's because max dies because they need to have the fourth death according to the but i don't think they closed i think they had been open but i think the the gates where was the, the very last shot mm-hmm. was the red open gates yeah where was that what do you mean where were they they were on the hill overlooking the town. That was right through the middle of town. That was through the middle of town. Yeah. So that would have been something that would have been on the news report. So I think we were meant think, to take it that they closed and then reopened. I think I think that they are just open opened. Mm-hmm. But monsters aren't coming out because Vecna's hurt like shit. Okay. Like he's he's like recovering. He's in his little stasis pod of mm-hmm. Superman. Yep. And we'll come back. Okay. After. Okay. Yeah, because that's not how I read it at all. Okay. I, I thought, okay, they were open, they closed, they just reopened in the very last shot. Gotcha. Okay, maybe that is it. I don't know. They'll have to answer that. It's a little confusing. Yeah, admittedly. Um, But I'm... So Vecna... It, so the Mind Flayer is just a bad drawing of a spider. Is yeah. how we're supposed to interpret that. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah. Because so, we were all trying to figure out... Because they, like, in the, in the beginning of the show, they say that Vecna is the Mind Flayer's lieutenant. Right. But now we know that that's not the case. So, Vecna right. is Vecna, like, yep. Henry. Henry's such a bland name Boy, for Henry. Vecna. <laughs> um, but uh, how did you feel about the whole the theme of, like, who's a monster? I feel like that was overdone. A little bit. Yeah. Um, and it didn't feel satisfying. Like... Vecna's still a monster. Yeah, there wasn't really a good payoff for that. Yeah. Because, um, like, the, the first half of the season or so, they're sort of setting you up to be like, wait, is Eleven actually kind of going to be the bad guy here? Um, But they pretty cleanly resolved that, yeah, no, she's not the bad guy. She's done a few bad things, but also she's had a horribly traumatic life and has been put in some really rough situations right where yeah lashing out is kind of to be expected yeah um don't lash out kids uh lash in lash in wait that's probably not better that's way worse (laughs) (laughs) internalize all your pain and anger yep no um yeah no i I did not think it was satisfying yeah i Um, I think i i kind of just brushed it off as um sort of you know they need to be monologuing at each other about something Through the final battle. Yeah. Wasn't the um, interesting part for me. Kalen was saying that Mike is just a bad friend. Like, mm-hmm. he's... And, and I kind of agree with her. She was kind of just saying, like, Mike is a bad character in this show. Okay. He's just, like... I mean, he's, like, ignoring Will all yeah. the time. He's so hyper-fixated on just being with Eleven and not really, like the broader issues mm-hmm. and like it's it's i guess it's fair you're in a high school relationship uh, yeah but also like i feel like most people like in real life when you're kind of hyper fixated on a relationship when you're 16 uh you kind of forget the real world issues but not if you are one of like the eight people directly involved with hell coming to earth yeah like i feel like it's kind of that it, it, he's 
it, it I, I get what she's saying, and I kind of, I'm like mm-hmm. that it's just, he's not very well written in this show. Sorry, in this season. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to sympathize with that. He wasn't given a lot to do, and they kind of had to have the whole, oh, you're the heart of the team, where they just explicitly come out and say what he's supposed yeah, to be doing. Yeah, what his role is. Yeah. Um. So Will's gay. Oh, yeah, no, we, yeah. we knew that. There was a, a uh, oh, have you seen the thing about his birthday? No. So in the skating rink, like, so th- among the whole thing of Will being upset that he's mm-hmm. being ignored, uh, the camera that's filming like 11 being bullied has the date on it and uh-huh. it's like march 10th or whatever uh and in like season one they mentioned that his birthday is march 10th and oh, so no. like everyone's like oh my god it's because they're forgetting his birthday and the writers literally came out and they're like that was an accident oh. <laughs> <laughs> we did not mean to do that that was not intended to be like about his birthday <laughs> that's hilarious that is very funny just well, happened to be so forgettable that even his own creators forgot about him <laughs> You think Will's going to get a really big uh, moment in season five? Because it, it seems like it at the end of the season where he's like getting like the connection back to the underground yeah, again. Yeah. The, up, the upside down. Yeah. There will be some payoff for yeah. that. Because I feel be. I Kalen also does like we feel bad for Will that he's basically he was like he keeps getting the short end of the stick and then just forgotten when he's not. Yeah. Like he's never getting his hero moments. Yep. Um, he will. I think he'll get powers. Ooh, I like it. What if he just gets like a like a little bit of like the eleven powers, like his connection yeah. to the mind flayer? Like he's well, got like yeah, his dormant powers. Well, because they because they stole eleven's powers, which is how they're trying to start opening gates. Yeah, that was a whole plot point. So yeah, what if he now that the connections reopen actually picks up some of those residually? That'd be cool. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I like it. Um, in an interview, or I guess not an interview on a in a in a panel that with uh, Noah Schnapp. Schnap, schnap, shep, schnap, schnaps, 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 uh, with him, uh, they asked him what his hero was during that presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, uh, it was Alan Turing. Yep. Which if you know anything about Alan Turing. Yeah. They, they show, there's like a half second where you can kind of see that his poster is Alan Turing. And I was oh, like, you can't oh, see yep, it. that's confirmation. Gotcha. Uh, my theory and this is, it's not a very great theory because it's going to be really disappointing if it is true. Mm-hmm. My theory is this is all a D&D campaign. From the beginning, like it's all been so much D&D, like mm-hmm. about yeah. D&D. From the beginning, it feels like this is played out like a D&D campaign. There are just things that happen that mm-hmm. kind of deviate from the way that plots happen in normal shows mm-hmm. and like characters and that kind of stuff, like that it it feels like this is the like the re- if it's it, if yep. it's not like uh it's always been a dream like this is a dnd yeah. campaign it's at least the duffer brothers like childhood dnd campaign that they had yeah, that, that they are putting onto screen that would explain why the friendly npcs that keep popping up keep getting off in yeah. increasingly horrifying ways yeah like <laughs> it it literally feels like it's you have like the um the paladin of hopper Mm-hmm. Uh, the bard of because he's now an artist he paints the mm-hmm. bard and will the wizard or sorcerer or whatever of 11 mm-hmm. um, the uh, I don't know what max would be but like it's like the each zoomer. Of them, huh zoomer the what zoomer zoomer yeah she in season two when we first meet her and she's like hanging out with Mike and he's like hey you can't join the party you don't know what D&D is and she's like I could be the party zoomer and Mike's like that's not a thing and then they kind of 
Oh. It comes back. Um, but, like, it just, it feels like it, and that would be, at the end of all of it, if, like, the last episode is, like, and that's the campaign, and, like, it, like, cuts to, like, maybe them playing the campaign or something, mm-hmm. it would be disappointing, but it just feels like it's a D&D campaign. I honestly wouldn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I... I feel like it would lose people who don't play D&D, because the, yeah. like, I mean, and it even does stuff, like... There's the scenes when they're playing D and D against Vecna and like the first little first few episodes, mm-hmm. uh, where they roll dice that aren't meant to be rolled at that moment. Mm-hmm. Like they were like rolling a D ten and a D six, and like every D and D person is like, "When do you roll those two together?" <laughs> like, uh, I, mean, I mean, I just Eddie's, thought of like three ways for. And Eddie's got to have some weird house rules up his sleeve. That's, I mean, maybe. Also, that could totally just be like a a weapon that has D10 damage and then an additional enchantment that does D6 damage. So sure. that. But it's like the, there were like certain things that just like didn't make sense. Fair. Also, yeah. I want to point out Eddie playing uh, that Metallica song. Mm-hmm. Um, that happened over spring break of 1980. No, 1990, 1980. What year was is the show in? This is 84. Five, probably say 85 it doesn't really matter specifically mm-hmm. the year uh if it is 90, 1985 it happens in over spring break of 1985 mm-hmm. that song came out about two weeks before when spring break was for that area of the country in uh, 1985 and it's a really hard song to play and uh-huh. there's not the internet with tabs and stuff uh-huh. so it's just like it's a secret way of showing how good eddie is at guitar was mm-hmm. <laughs> oh too soon Man. Eddie's daddy. Everyone knew, too. Uh, yeah. Like, Makes it all the more yeah. heartbreaking because you're like, you know, you see him get that look in his eyes and you're like, okay. Yep. Sorry. You had a good run. He didn't. He didn't run, though. No, he didn't. And it's a, it's a good payoff. Yeah. It's it is probably the best death so far for yeah. the lovable NPC. Yeah. Um, Last line of the show is going to be someone complaining about some aspect being unrealistic because it's like a sort of a real world kind of thing. And, um, uh, Mike's going to be like, Hey, stranger things have happened. Oh God. Booking it right no. now. Bet you a nickel. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. You know, it'd be really fun if they had shot that ending scene with season one. So it's still like the little kids. And it's them just playing in the basement from when they're 12. Yeah. That'd be cute. That'd be good. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? Stranger Things? Um, When's the next season coming out? We do not have a release date. Speculation is probably a couple of years. Yeah. Because they haven't so. really like done production. Because they kind of no. kept it a secret that there was going to be a season five, right? No. What they say? Oh, okay. They said prior to season four coming out that there was going to be two more seasons. Oh, two more seasons? Season four and five. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So five will be the finale. Um, let's see. Um, so apparently Russian swords are enchanted. How so? What do you mean? And Hopper's out there just chopping through Demogorgons. Yeah. So? So bullets don't do anything to them. Yeah. I mean, like they don't get the hurt, but you remove a limb from it and like it's still not going to be able to do it. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand why bullets wouldn't have an effect, but a sword would. Oh my god. Because it's immune to piercing damage, but not <laughs> slashing damage. <laughs> oh my god. This has to be a D&D campaign. I think it is. 
And it's like, and it's like vulnerable to fire. Yeah. Jesus Christ. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. (laughs) Well, we'll see. I mean, Uh, that would, that would make that make sense. Yeah. Immune to piercing damage. No, it would not it would, to slashing. One big picture or is point. It resistant. One big picture point I was going to make is it really feels like season one and season four of this show have almost nothing to do with each other. Like they're almost telling, they're almost set in completely different worlds. Mm. If you look at them, um, the I think the through line has been consistent. So like one to two feels like a natural extension, and two to three each each individual season feels like a natural extension of the one before. But we're in a very different world than we were. That's in how D and D campaigns work, and that's how D and D campaigns work. They <laughs> escalate, right? You, yeah, you throw crazier stuff in there, and you just blow things up along the way. Yep. So, and you have seen like the clips of like in season one, you do see Vecna, right? Have you seen that? Like when Will, like there's like a couple frames of literally like it. It is Vecna, the full body with the one hand, like oh. So they've had that from the beginning, like okay. which I guess they are architects. <laughs> Props to them. Um. But yeah, like when Will, like at the very beginning, when Will like gets chased off the road, it's because he saw Vecna. Oh. So Vecna's been there from the beginning. Cool. So yeah. And whoever that DM is, is like really good at planting seeds at the right time and I guess. paying it off at the end. Yep. All right. Anything else? Totally a D&D campaign. I, definitely. <laughs> Uh, I think that's everything I got. For it's going to be so unsatisfying though. Like everyone's going to lose, like hate it. Cause it's just like, Oh, it was always a dream, but like, it makes so much more make sense. Like I'm kind con- I'm honestly kind of on board with that. Um, I mean, I imagine there's plenty of satisfying ways they can do it in yeah. story, but I honestly, I think that'd be a really good payoff. Yeah. On some level. This was the D and D movie that they've been talking about. <laughs> this was it all along. This was it all along. Yep. Didn't wait. No, it's not them that said a movie. Is it? No, it's Peaky Blinders. Sorry. I just, I'd finished Peaky Blinders uh, and okay. never talk about season six of Peaky Blinders. Maybe not. Oh, we good. Yeah. Cool. It's amazing. Good. They've got one more. They've got one more movie they're going to do. And there's speculation of a spinoff for a different character. Sure. Cause there's always know. spinoffs. Of yeah. Different characters. We're, same writers too. Yeah. So we're literally getting spinoffs of spinoffs now in Marvel. Oh, yep. Echoes a spinoff of Hawkeye, which is a spinoff of just the yep. Avengers MCU generally. Yep. So that's fun. Yeah. Yep. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, and wherever fi- other fine podcasts are sold. Um, you can check us out on social media. We're apparently TikTok famous er now. We are the tickiest of talks. So, yeah. uh, just us losers pod at tiktok.com. Wait, yep. At just us losers pod. Dot net. Yep. You got it. Um, <laughs> something like that. Uh, let's see. We're on social media. We've got Facebook. We've got Twitter at just us losers pod. We've got Gmail just us losers pod at gmail.com. Uh, we've got, send us an email. Uh, how do you think Stranger Things is going to end? Is it going to be, uh, all just a and d campaign? Who's to say? We'll find out. Um, look forward to a couple weeks from now when we'll probably talk about Thor Love and Thunder. That'll be a fun time. Yep. We'll, we'll go see that. We'll check that out. Probably that's everything I need to have said at this point. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Well, it doesn't matter. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.